I'm Whitney. I'm Mindy. And I'm Deb. We're three best friends who love nerdy things. Well, some people think we're nerdy, but we think we're pretty awesome. This is our nerdiest thing. Hello, fellow nerds, and welcome to Our Nerdiest Thing. Today, we are discussing our last section of A Soul of Ash and Blood, the chapters New Haven to the very last chapter, present 12. Before we get into it, Deb, will you please share about our nerdiest cocktail? Absolutely. Tonight's drink is named Fire in My Loins, and it's themed after some hot, passionate sex both loving and angry, (laughs) and it pairs well with betrayals, sexy maiden throats, and stab wounds. We just need a little bit of spicy vodka, which we highly recommend the Hellfire Vodka from Blown Brothers Distillery. You can order it online. It's from Galena, Illinois. We went there on a girl's trip. Actually, the trip where we discussed doing this podcast for Mm -hmm. the first time. Yes, nice. And you will need orange liqueur and cranberry juice. It is quite tasty. It is. And my loins are always on fire. (laughs) I can't can't tell any difference, but I'm sure it works. Before we get into anything else, Mindy, have you spun the Wheel O' Names? I have, and guess who? It's It's Whitney! me. Well, I am glad that I wanted to be prepared, because I did get picked, and I have a list of top ten quotes. Whitney, (laughs) you're not supposed to prep for the nerdy and dirty recap. Fly on the the seat of my pants? That's not how it is. You fly fly by the the seat of my pants. Or off the seat of your pants, or your loins. Out of the seat of my pants. Yeah, you fly out of your pants a lot. Because my loins are on fire. Exactly. (laughs) The loins are on fire. It all comes full circle. That's right. All right. Okay. Hold on, Whitney. I got to count you down since it's your turn. And last time I counted you down, I did it wrong on my hand. So I want to try this again. All right. Are you ready? No. One, two, three, go. All right. First, Elijah, we all know what is ultimately a risk here. If we've got to bleed for that, we will. Number two, Elijah again. Speaking of bloodied hands, I see Jericho's missing one. Number three, Hawk, she didn't deserve the position I was putting her in. Not sexually. Number four, Hawk, but I wasn't a good man. I was just hers. Number five, Hawk, I could come from just the taste of her. That is sexually. Number six, um, Hawk again. I can't do this. No matter what, I needed to find a way out of this for Poppy. Number seven, Hawk to Orion. Yes, yes, I know. You were just doing your duty. Now do it again. I thought that was hot. Number eight, Hawk again. I could have told her. I should have told her. I knew it immediately. It was over. Number nine, Elijah about Delano. Damn, my little marshmallow's getting kind of crispy. And last but not least, compound from Hawk. And I was still me, but not. I was something else. Thick lashes flutter, lifting to reveal eyes that were pure molten silver, the primal of blood and bone. Oh, oh perfect. Wow. That was awesome. Ooh. Way to go. Don't cheat next time. That was it. <laughs> but look how good I did. <laughs> I mean, you can't deny the results, right? Hmm. I'm taking a bow for everybody. <laughs> All right, Mindy, will you do our nerdiest vocabulary? Sure. This week, I'm going to do a ca- character that actually doesn't appear physically in this section, but he's talked about. Can you guess who it is? We hate him. Mazine? No, Alistair. Oh. <laughs> he is in this section. Not physically. He doesn't. They, That's true. We don't actually we see We don't him. actually see him. He, do, he talks about how he met with him mm-hmm. at Berkton or wherever that was. So... Alistair. It comes from the Scottish name Alistair, with a D, which is a version, actually, of Alexander. And it means defender of man. 
or man's defender. Hmm. Ironically, he does believe that he is defending his people. So I did go to the Urban Dictionary. And so Alistair is spelled differently than I am used to it. I always thought it was A-L-I-S-T-A-I-R, but it's not just on the book. It's T-I-R, actually. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, shows what I know. <laughs> um, I did not mean for that to sound bitchy. That's it's T-I-R, you actually. Do, you do audiobooks. <laughs> but so. I read these, too. Well, well, not I, was, well. I was trying to help you out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a lot of science between putting letters in where you don't think they're supposed to go, if it makes sense to you. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Yep, so there were some uh, very enlightening entries in the Urban Dictionary. There is only one for the the actual spelling but i found a couple others for the a-l-i-s-t-a-i-r spelling so the right way I, <laughs> the, the deborah way um so i am gonna share those as well because they were hilarious but the the actual entry for the actual spelling he got a big dick pulls out good as fuck and gives bomb head oh my gosh <laughs> well i mean he's been alive for like Makes you blush a little bit. years. I hope he knows how to do it at this point. Is it a rule for Urban Dictionary that you have to talk about the size of somebody's dick I, to put? Probably. To put in? To put in? It's like Amazon <laughs> with indie authors. They only get their right. reviews up after they've had 50. So an Urban Dictionary thing doesn't go up until there's a word dick in it somewhere. It's, it definitely seems You all have to, to understand, that too, that I'm curating these, right? Like, you all know that I leave off the lame ones where they're like he's the coolest person ever golly g <laughs> golly g willikers what a swell guy <laughs> he's bitching <laughs> so that one is there and then there were two with the other spelling the first one is someone who is destined to always be a virgin oh no i think that fits. maybe that's why he he's so pissy he has a kid well Maybe but if he gives bomb maybe ass he's head, a turkey I bet he's having a lot of I mean, sex. So. Right? Yeah. I mean, if he gives head, that doesn't mean he's using his. If he gives head. good head, he's getting sex. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. It's that he pulls out good. True. That is it's true. Be that is true. It's going to go out. <laughs> so we have a little bit of a. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of a dueling perspectives there. <laughs> Duality. <laughs> so. This one is sort of a mixture. So the final one is a person who loves the ladies usually has a head larger than his body. And I'm assuming they mean like his actual like face. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Skips. But they could mean the other since, I mean, he's he got a big dick. That sounds like a medical problem. (laughs) Skips. I just think the South Park of uh, the counselor. What's his name? His head's huge. I don't know. (laughs) I wasn't. Aren't all their heads a lot bigger than their bodies? His his looks like a balloon. The one that's like, (laughs) okay, don't do drugs. Okay. I don't know South Park. That's a travesty. (laughs) Okay, moving on. He has a head larger than his body. He skips all his lessons to hang around with friends. And he wears the same clothes every day and thinks he is cooler than anybody else. That is Alistair. It tracks. That does track yeah. him. Why would he change his clothes or bathe if he's not getting laid? <laughs> <laughs> no need to try different outfits. This is just, none yeah. of this is working for me. Right, right. <laughs> so I'm just going to give up completely. But you know, when wah, you wah. like hurt little kids and try to destroy mm-hmm. people and um, tie people up with deity bones and then, you know. Mm-hmm. I guess dirty clothes is the least of his offenses. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Is he supposed to be good looking? I definitely do not picture him good looking. I 
don't think he's supposed to be ugly, but she, I think she really just talks about like his coloring and his hair is similar to Victor's and he's got a scar on his face that she's like, Oh, if he's a woven with a scar, it must've been like a really bad wound. But I don't know that she talks either way about like his handsome yeah, I Elder always picture face. him really old. I do too, but I don't think any. I don't think actually yeah, well, none of them should. I'm picturing him like in his sixties. Yeah, I mean, I picture him with like oh, I salt and pepper like hair. And... I picture Castillo looking like he's in his twenties, right? And his parents and Alistair looking like they're in their forties. See, I don't picture his parents as old as I picture Alistair. Right. I don't know why. I don't Maybe he's older than. It them. doesn't mean that that's correct. That's yeah. just how I immediately pictured him and obviously can't get rid of that out of my head. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he's like vanilla ice. <laughs> That's the first kind of blonde that popped into my head. Are you still thinking about vanilla ice? You think ice he's got for think he has frosted tips or something? <laughs> Maybe that would explain a lot. Only douchebags do their <laughs> hair like that. So maybe that's why he can't get laid. He's got frosted tips. <laughs> oh man! Well, let's get into this last section of the book. Should we start with what our favorite moment was? Yeah, what's yours? What mine is the last chapter. I wrote down specifically: Cass devouring the revenant. Yes, king. <laughs> <laughs> but that whole that whole scene of the like fighting and the sudden shifting and the description like he's ripping the guy's arm off and then rips his leg it's from the gruesome. knee down yeah i was like what <laughs> and he pretty oh, much like it. hollows out his stomach it sounds mm-hmm. like, yeah. like just eats him well eats him up. yeah and like chomps on his neck to yeah. decapitate his head from his body and stuff <laughs> well i guess that's a redundant way to say that anyway to decapitate him and then just like how messy it all was and yeah i liked it <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i sound like a total weirdo in the way that i just said all well, that no, that was my favorite moment when too. it was like really violent and really bloody and i was like mm. that's what i feel like i just <laughs> well, I, didn't, like. I didn't know it turned you on i just thought you thought it was a cool I didn't scene either, Kink until I, read it. I know right that makes me sound like a psycho <laughs> Was that your favorite moment? It was. It was. It was good. So, I mean, for me in particular, though, I I had put the motherfucking cave cat named Castile. (laughs) So I'll tell you what I really liked about it. Not only did Cass shift for the first time ever, but he did a touch her and die trope type of moment, like very, Mm -hmm. very well, right? Because as you know, in the book, a revenant shows up with some sort of crazy bone knife thing that can incapacitate a primal, and it completely knocks Castile onto his ass, and he can't move at all. So instead, he gets so angry that he shifts into a cat and pretty much eats the revenant, like you just said. And I really adore that Cass and Kieran are so excited that Poppy's going to get to shift. Yeah, I know. It's, like a, it's a cute, like, our girl's going to get what she wants moment. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I really loved the scenes. And for obvious reasons, other than the fact that Poppy's dad, Aries, is a cat, I was curious as to why JLA would choose to make Castile a cat and started researching for tonight's episode. But the more I learned about cats, the more I figured out that Cass, in his Atlantean form, already actually has tons of cat-like traits and might just be the best house cat one could ever dream of mm. so probably better than mine he climbs up my damn alice tree yeah you <laughs> were Castile can climb up my alice he can, tree he can, <laughs> he's always invited to my alice tree <laughs> so my info about cats because that's where i'm going tonight <laughs> came from two websites cat club usa uh, usa usa <laughs> 
and pedisher.com. Oh. So, and, and so just, just so you guys know how deep and definitely not shallow my deep dive is this week, we're talking about why Castile would be a good house cat. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to curl up in my lap. So the first way that we see Castile as a cat is in the way that he instinctively marks his territories. Many cats will rub on their owners as their way of greeting to transfer some of the smell from their glands, allowing them to stake their property correctly. In this series, we see Castile constantly touching Poppy, playing with her hair, rubbing her hips. And Karen even comments at one point that Poppy, quote unquote, smells of Cass. You guys remember that? Oh, yeah. In book two. Okay, so number two, Cass has a hunting instinct. This behavior is probably the most obvious of all of the instinctual behaviors of of cats and as well as our beloved Castile. So we know that Cass has spent years getting close to the maiden undetected, and we even see him prowling and following her through Wisher's Grove earlier in the book. Cass even mimics the hunting behaviors of a cat in the way that he likes to chase, ambush, roll around, and bite at Poppy. Mm. He's like our playful little kitten. <laughs> Number three. <laughs> cats are instinctively attracted to small spaces, and that's where the if it fits, I sits <laughs> meme comes from. So cats in the wild like to seek shelter where they feel safe and are protected from predators. And in Cass's case, he wants to protect Poppy. So when a cat can squeeze into a small space, it knows that all of its sides are covered and it can remain hidden. And that definitely plays into the one horse, one bed trope that I really love oh, in this love series. That one too. He loves the closeness. Mm-hmm. Number four, cats have a reputation for sleeping long hours and then waking with tons of energy. <laughs> so cats may zoom around the house during all hours of the night, attacking and playing just like Cass does. He is like a kitten. <laughs> He's not like a puppy. He is a kitten. So I'm not a cat person, and I'm really not even a pet person, but can someone give me a pet Castile? <laughs> I'll take one of him. I will tell you from first-hand experience, because we have a, like, 12-week-old kitten at home right now. It is not fun at midnight to have a cat running around in zoomies. Would it be fun if Cass was up running around in zoomies? I mean, maybe, but I, he was I just would be... <laughs> in your zoom zoom <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you where you can zoom, buddy. <laughs> I just like the curling up and cuddling part. Yeah, he's very much like a little kitten. He's yeah. full of energy. He'll claw your face out if you don't do what he wants. <laughs> and he'll hunt you down. And it really you. is kind of uncanny. It is. So I, I do really like that she made him shift into a cat. And, and that, that does go into one of my questions is they say in the book that Kieran says, well, you know, it makes sense that you would shift into a cat because Aries is her dad and he shifts into a cat. But Poppy could also possibly shift into a wolf. So mm-hmm. why isn't Castile shifting into a wolf? That's some. That's a question that well, I have for the series they overall. Kind of. Talk, they kind of talk about it. I, you kind of have to wonder if. But they don't know though that Nyctos can shift into a wolf, do they? Yeah, they do. They that's part of their lore. When they're at that museum in book three, a crown of gilded bones, I think, and they're she's asking why Nyctos's face isn't there, and they talk about the wolves. Like sometimes it's the wolf that represents the wolven, and sometimes it's the wolf that represents Nyctos's form, chosen form, or something mm. like that. Okay, that was really well put. That I just said all those things. <laughs> well, super and convincing. Maybe he's <laughs> siphoning the energy and ether from Poppy, and because she's got 
the cat in her. But that's what I'm saying. She would have the wolf in her too. Well, that's true. So why why is he? And so Mm -hmm. my question would be is, is he going to have wolf capabilities too? Which shifter form will she take on? Because she's a primal, does she get to choose her form? She is the primal of life and death. Right. So technically. That would be. But I feel like in um, A Light in the Flame, or even that bonus chapter from Shadow and the Ember, I feel like Ninktos doesn't get to pick what he shifts into. It's just the wolf. So yeah, I'll be interested to see which one she is and how excited she is about it. I can't wait. She'll just be excited that it's not a brat. (laughs) (laughs) If she wants it to be, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Mindy? My favorite moment actually has a little bit to do with touch her and die as well, but in a totally different way. I love that when Kieran kind of instinctually starts to go after Poppy when she stabs Cass and then Cass has to physically stop him before he does. And then Cass bears his teeth, his fangs actually, and says, she is mine. Mm. Ooh, swoon. Touch her and die, Kieran. Touch her and die. Mm. I just love that. That's actually really funny because that leads right into my least favorite. Oh, book. really? Yeah. Yeah. I really did not like that part. Right. Not because I thought it was bad or anything like that, but I just I didn't like the the way it made me feel negatively mm-hmm. um, right before Cass hunts Poppy down in the snow at that right after that um, after getting stabbed. in yeah. heart, And he is making a comparison to being with Shay the last time before she dies. Yeah. And so I have come to the conclusion that what I think that means, all of the stuff about Shay that we talked about in episode one and all that, the truth about Shay, I think what actually happened is that Shay never betrayed Castile. I, don't, I think that whole part is made up. And I think that he was so like gone and hungry and tortured and pissed that when he realized that Shay had betrayed his brother and gotten his brother like traded for him, I think he just straight up bit her and until she died. That's I think kind he, of what I think too. Yeah, I think he kept his teeth Yeah, in, that makes his so much in. sense. That was that's my least favorite moment too, because he does start to go mad and he's literally tracking Poppy mm-hmm. and he keeps saying that it reminds him when he was tracking Shay. So we talked about this last week, but I'm super nervous about it because I don't want Poppy to have any more betrayal in her life or have any more lies headed her way because quite frankly, she's been through enough. She's had enough. Yeah. Yeah. Especially from Castile. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And I understand not wanting to tell your future wife that you accidentally killed your previous future (laughs) wife, but at the same time, don't lie to her and make her feel bad for well, you and he's already done that and he knows how that ends you know like mm-hmm. maybe she'll stab him in the heart again that'll be fun <laughs> don't miss this time. no i'm just kidding well wouldn't she didn't it, miss last time wouldn't well, that just it wouldn't that time. just make it hurt her like wouldn't she hurt i mean i know it wouldn't really hurt him oh, because of yeah. being connected but wouldn't it i don't ult- think you, you feel know? the same intense pain though yeah. i think you feel like a twinge because when he's Something. locked up for 50 years kieran isn't like immobile but he's sick yeah yeah I guess he well, and even when Kieran slapped. got stabbed, it was just like a uncomfortable, like a fleeting, yeah, fan, like a phantom pain. Yeah. almost. yeah. What was your least favorite moment? Oh, mine was totally different. <laughs> <laughs> but and it's sort of it's also sort of a I guess a little bit of a revelation. But it absolutely never occurred to me that the ascended may have fed from Poppy without her knowledge. I never went there, and that just makes me feel all kinds of icky it's just so fucking violating and so when Cass points that out it just kind of made me angry yeah 
I wonder if that actually ever happened, though. I don't know how they would have been able to stop themselves. Right. Well, because part of what why he thinks that might have happened is they would have. That's how they would know she was Atlantean or whatever, or right. if they knew that she was. But we don't. We still don't know, and we may never right. find out how well, many not, people yeah. knew. I you think, know what I mean? Yeah, I just think that it just uh, literally never crossed my mind. I guess yeah. I just assumed they just knew everything and they didn't, you know, or whatever. But it never crossed my mind that that could have even been something that they could have done. And and they would have. I mean, that's how oh, yeah. awful yeah. they were. They also don't have to bite her on the neck. You know what I mean? So like when he was caning her, she could have had bite marks on her back. They don't have to necessarily tap the vein. If she had bite marks, though, don't you think Tawny and Victor would have been like, fuck that. Not if they were little bites like near the cuts or something, or they could have just licked the blood from the cuts. True, true. They could have just made her bleed and then licked it up. I mean, here's the thing. I don't know how they could have stopped themselves from licking. Right. So maybe that's why they would hit her until she was unconscious. Well, and a lot of times she said that he didn't hit her hard enough to even break her skin. And I bet that he did that on purpose so that it wouldn't that be like sense. a temptation yeah. for himself, you know? Yeah. Well, this is too of big shit. of a bummer. Let's talk, <laughs> yeah, about, let's, move on. <laughs> let's talk about our biggest revelations. Cause I picked a silly one for my biggest. Revelation. Why don't you bring the room back? up? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of wanted to pick, you know, Castile changing into a cave cat and all, you know, all of chapter 12 <laughs> or present 12. But I, instead for my biggest revelation, I chose Delano's last name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't, we didn't know. I didn't catch that we got yeah, his last name. He had, we got his last name in one of these New Haven chapters, and it's Amicu. Yeah, A M I C U. I don't know if that's how you say it. Amicu, Amicu. Well, I'm sure <laughs> we, we will see it written several different ways and pronounced several different yeah. ways yeah. over yeah. the next couple. Let's of Let's check the next I pronunciation guide. <laughs> the word for friend in French is ami. Oh, that's cute. So that's kind of sweet. See? Thanks, word nerd. <laughs> See, so just more evidence yes. that he is not going to betray <laughs> Copy or Castile. Mine, my biggest revelation does bring down the room just a little bit again, but also <laughs> redeems also redeems Castile. This section of the book is not a super redeeming part and not yeah. a happy part of this series. Except for it's the really sex. Sex in sex, sex, sex. Okay, six. so essentially, I've been waiting this entire book to see Hawk's point of view when he goes into the barn mm-hmm. once Phillips has figured out that he's dealing with dissenters. I've always wondered why Hawk was being such a complete jackass in the mm-hmm. scene and we talk about that at length in last um season's episode so as we know on the way to the barn elijah really calls castile out for his bullshit and tells him that he knows that Cass has feelings for poppy he also tells Cass that he needs to make sure no one knows or the group could retaliate because they've been planning this moment for years, right? People have died. They've given up some of their freedoms for this. And I really enjoyed having the opportunity to learn more about Elijah's character in this scene, Mm -hmm. the scene with Orion. And then when he helps Cass kill the dissenters who hurt Poppy. And so ultimately that also makes Elijah my MVP for this episode. I really, really enjoyed getting to know him in this book. Nice. I like Elijah a lot, too. I did, too. Did you feel like that POV redeemed any part of being so douchey in the barn for you? It did, in a lot of ways, because Elijah told him, he's like, you better act like this doesn't bother you, that they've got her, because people are going to turn on you if you don't, and they're going to wonder what the fuck's going on. And And he's right. Even during it, too, he he wants to smile when Poppy says something to Jericho. But it comes off as cocky. Yeah, Yeah. but he also, like... 
stops himself yeah, too before it gets too reactionary. So because he's like because ultimately that would come back bad on Poppy too because then they'd all just right. Attack but her. he he talks about how he continues to like shut himself yeah. down, and the mm-hmm. only way he can do that is by being an arrogant prick. Yeah, yeah. Well, I also appreciated he says something about I'm trying to direct her anger to me because. I can control myself, right? And not lash True, out at yeah. her and all of these other people. Ever, anybody like else. Like if she laid a out. hand on anybody else, but she'd I do, have been dead. I still enjoy the fact that they all let her kind of kick Kathy. I know. <laughs> because I, liked that I think too. they're all like, well, dude, you kind of deserve it. And you fucked her. So I what were you thinking? Because when they were like, well, this is why you don't mix business with pleasure. And Elijah goes, oh, is that what is happening here? <laughs> yeah, like and he then he's know. like, yeah. he goes, in that case, I've got my, uh, yeah. what's he say? My bet on the maiden. Yeah. yeah, I put my money on her. Well, so too, he, they've already been told not to touch her. Like, right. Not, so they're probably afraid that they will do something rash, and he'll be pissed off. They well, should be. Yeah, they should be. Did you have any revelations, Ben? I did. I actually, that was a, one of mine. Um, but I, I didn't ultimately go with that one. That was one of my questions last week. Was why did he do that? But I, there were a couple of small ones. I didn't realize what the first time they had sex. Like, I knew he was probably considering uh, feeding from Poppy, but I didn't realize just how close he actually came to doing it twice. Like, he had to stop himself twice yeah. from... And the thing is, is he would have known she was Atlantean, and then he would have been like, okay, We would have saved so many yeah, chapters. Just, just stop right. real quick. I got to tell you something. <laughs> I fucked up, but it's going to be yeah. okay, and here's why. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But he was being, he was trying to be good, so... So that was one kind of revelation I had. And then this one actually is good. All right. (laughs) He was good. (laughs) This one I thought was kind of sweet and just made everything come full circle. Like it, I didn't put it together when Cass under the willow had asked Poppy to stab him. If he ever did something she didn't like, then he did this. She got pissed off and she stabbed him. So I never put it together. That all came full circle. And he mentioned that. And I was like, oh, that was an aha (laughs) moment for me. I did tell her to stab me. And here we are. And she did. Yeah. I had never made that connection before either. I thought that was really clever. Well, and one thing, Min, because you said this a second ago where you're like, oh, she nicked his heart. He actually goes into more detail and says she got him really fucking good. Yeah, that is right. He, yeah, at he first tells he tells Kieran. He, he tells Kieran yeah. because Kieran is so pissed off. Yeah, he's about to go I did forget about that part. Poppy down. So yeah, she yeah. actually got, she him, got really, him pretty really good. good. She did. Go Poppy. So <laughs> speaking of stabbing, that, that does lead into my favorite spicy scene <laughs> in this section. So I I really love it. When stabbing. You, wink, wink. <laughs> wink, wink. Cock stabbing. Oh. So <laughs> I, I really love it whenever Cass and Poppy do it in the snow. And I I knew that was going to be your well and, and here we only have like two choices know, right so. so let me tell you why though not only has castile at this point figured out a way to save poppy because he knows she's atlantean because for chapters in this book he's been going like what am i going to do i got to get her out of this how can we not make this trade she deserves freedom and he has an epiphany where he, as soon as he bites her he's like holy fuck i just figured it out mm-hmm. right and but even better is that Poppy figures out that sex on top is awesome. <laughs> and it's really the icing on the cake in her sexual liberation. So you get yours, Poppy. Is, yeah. Go get it. Girl. Starts off as angry and is like, right. oh, she's like, I'm, what, I'm hopping right up off of this. And then she's like, oh, oh, oh no, no, I'm not. No, mind. I'm not. No, nope, this is great. Well, I did not pick that particular scene. I picked the other one for my favorite spicy scene. Which is when they do it the first time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The more romantic, intimate, you know, <laughs> this is pretty intimate. Um, but I did do a deep dive on the biology of angry sex in honor of the <laughs> snow sex scene. 
So is this are you gonna tell us why makeup sex is so good? Uh yeah. Okay. Pretty much. I can't wait. Yeah. So next time so, I'm mad at Brian, I'll be like, just you wait, it's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pretty much, yes. That's basically it. So first of all, angry sex can be the same thing as makeup sex. Sometimes it's not makeup, sometimes it's just angry. Which anger is, bang. Yeah, which is okay. Can be you okay. I love the word bang. I do. <laughs> I like saying that. Did you ever see on How I Met Your Mother? You never watched it, right, Mindy? No, I did. No, who ha- did you watch it? Mm-hmm. Okay. But there's that part where they go a bang, bang, a bang, <laughs> a bang, 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 bang. I only like sort of remember that. Oh, yeah. I remember that. So here's how angry sex is different from quote regular sex, right? So angry sex is fueled by any guesses? Anger. Yeah. Uh, anger <laughs> slash so intense emotions and, adre- and an adrenaline rush. So being fueled by intense emotions and or having that adrenaline rush makes it easier for you to step outside of your comfort zone, which makes you more likely to cross previously uh, drawn boundary lines, basically. Not necessarily in like an unhealthy creep way but just a a new uninhibited exp- type yes of way. like a, a yeah. new experience kind of you way, know what right? i've been wanting to choke you anyway maybe <laughs> <laughs> and now i've got the confidence or, to do remember it. <laughs> how mad i made you why don't you choke it out of me <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that's really funny sometimes those crossing boundaries or comfort zone just really just means having different sex than you're used to right doing different things which ultimately is just a departure from the norm which is very liberating and can be very exciting the why behind angry sex is basically it's really just a physical way to resolve tension between two people. So the way that I'm talking about all of this is just kind of with the assumption that we're talking about a couple, but it doesn't have to be a couple. It can just be two people, right? It can be people that are not. How many books do we love it though, where it's enemies to lovers and they're still not together and they totally (laughs) do it. Right. And it's so good. Right. So, Angry sex is a physical way to resolve tension. It's an outlet, or it can be an outlet to express aggression or to reconnect after a fight. So angry sex can be after you have already come to a resolution and you're reconnecting. <laughs> <I don't laughs> I like there, <laughs> there wasn't I, a better way to say it. I prefer to come to a resolution during right. AC, angry sex. But too. it can also be while you're still in the middle of whatever the conflict is and that there's no actual like solution that's happening. It's just a way I to get, get a solution. <laughs> well, maybe. Sometimes it's used, angry sex is used as a avoidance, avoiding like an awkward conversation or avoiding what you know is going to be a difficult conversation or trying to escape pain, painful emotions that you're just wanting to be in denial that are there and just don't want to deal with whatever the problem or conflict is. Anger basically works as an aphrodisiac by increasing your blood flow, increasing your heart rate, increasing your blood pressure and increasing testosterone, which is directly linked to your sexual arousal. So being angry increases your testosterone, which can increase your I sex. I gotta say drive. it though, cause you're talking about people being able to do it like while they're still, still really angry. And I have told my husband before, where I'm like, when I'm pissed, my vagina is like Estelle Getty's. It is like shut up tight and looks all mean and it is not ready to go. <laughs> no, I'm with you though, too. Like, that's the last if thing I'm I want to do. If I'm super tense, you're not going to put something up in there. Well, and if I'm pissed off, get away from me. 
Like, well, then in that situation, your anger is not acting as an aphrodisiac, right? <laughs> Which this article talked a little bit about. Like, it just because you're angry doesn't automatically mean that, that you're, you're going to be turned morning. on. Yeah. Right. But it can because a lot of times for, or I guess I'm going to say sometimes, anger makes you, I've read it kind of like subconsciously makes you want to get closer to the object of your anger. And one way that that can happen is through sex. So it, you know what though, Mindy, you and I are like deeply loyal especially when it comes to like our feelings mm-hmm. so i think it depends too on your personality trait, oh for sure right? because yeah. if you've like hurt my feelings i don't really want to be around you for a little bit yeah. and some people i think they would be like oh you hurt my feelings i'm gonna fuck it out of you but like i just i don't <laughs> i don't operate like that i'll show you <laughs> my vagina yeah right so there can actually be some benefits from angry sex as long as you do it in the right way so benefits can be that it does actually or it can diffuse the tension from whatever the conflict is. It can kind of break down a little bit of barriers, break down some of those walls and make it easier to communicate with each other afterwards in that way of reconnecting with each other. And, you know, because it's sex, there is a surge. Well, there should be a surge of happy hormones, (laughs) oxytocin, dopamine, and serotonin. Oxytocin in particular is linked to psychological stability and improved communication between partners. Which I thought was, hmm, I did not know. That was new information. If I me. have angry makeup sex and I don't get off and I'm still tense at the end of it, you better run. Right. Like that, there's going to be a major issue. I'm going to be even, even more mad. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So theoretically, you have sex, you should have an orgasm. One right? would hope. Right. And then the dopamine makes you better able to communicate with each other because it okay. provides more psychological stability, which, okay. I mean, okay. That's fine. In other words, angry sex may help you feel more connected and reestablish closeness after an issue has created some distance, which is good for a relationship. That's true. Some important reminders. You must communicate with your partner if you are wanting to engage in angry sex so that they are on the same page. Because we all know sometimes one partner can be angry about something and the other partner is like, no. <laughs> uh, really? It's, it's, it's typically not it's the, the guy. Yeah. <laughs> especially, oh, you're mad? Why are you mad about well, that? Especially if you're going to be a little more uh, uninhibited with right. things that you try, you need to make sure that your partner's on board for that, right? right? Um, you also need to make sure in the same vein that you have consent from your partner to try those new and different things yeah. that you might feel uninhibited to try, right? Choking. <laughs> <laughs> when there are only a couple of times really to not engage in angry sex and basically it's just if you are trying to use sex as the conflict resolution in and of itself that is not a healthy way to try to resolve conflict it can be a healthy way to resolve or lessen tension and kind of open up communication again but it's not going to make the problem go away right so don't do it and then be confused when your partner is still upset afterwards right that's a codependency issue too a lot of a lot of couples will, or you know, like if sex, well, they a, don't feel tense anymore, so they're like, "Well, I guess we can just talk about so it." So this next is time. fine. Well, yeah. It's, yeah. and that's just that's their coping mechanism. 
Well, and it's also kind of, this is kind of the same thing, but not really. The only other thing it said about not doing angry, not having angry, angry sex is if that is the communication, right? right? Like you still have to talk to each other about whatever the problem is. You can't just it's not have body sex. language. It's actual yes, talking. You can't just have sex and be like, yes, we communicate. So I will say when they have snow sex, like they, even after they're done, she's like, well, aren't you mad at me for running away? And he goes, yeah, yeah. yeah. They goes, definitely hash things out. Yeah. Are you still mad at me? And she goes, well, yeah. And he's like, okay, cool. I'm going to pick you up and carry you because you're cold. I did like thinking about the snow sex scene in terms of that article about angry sex. Because like you say, they did communicate afterwards. And uh, Poppy also was uninhibited to try some new things. Well, it sounds like, though, that you really like the snow sex. So why did you pick the other scene as your favorite? Because I like it better. <laughs> because just, you like the sweetness of it. I like it. the sweetness of it. Yeah. I will say, I did almost pick it, and here's why. I really liked that he like cleaned her up afterwards. I know. I, I think that's really sweet. Don't throw a towel at your partner's face and yeah. walk out of the room, for the record. <laughs> I like... Or a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's Clean funny. Clean your ass up. I like... Unless I, it's like that soft, like, tri-blend jersey, <laughs> then you can throw it at me and walk out. I that just, feels good. I like how attentive attentive he is for her in general in that scene like the i'm not gonna uh what was it the red pearl scene where he's like i'm not gonna tell her who i am because i don't want her to think that she's being punished right for like seeking this like sexual pleasure or whatever and i've i just like that general attitude that he has about understanding what her life has been like and how important different things are and making sure that she can have these experiences and not have that be kind of like tainted by anything Right, right. I actually picked this scene as well. And and it was a tough choice for me. I went back and forth. But I love in this how Cass worships her and her body. He says Poppy had to be a goddess. And like, little did he know, you know, (laughs) Um, he also admits that he he had never been anyone's first, but that he wanted it to be perfect for her since it was her first time. I just think that's just really, really sweet. Like, yeah, very rarely do I get golden retriever vibes from Castile, but like in this scene, I feel like he's got a little bit of that going on. He's very gentle with her, at least at first. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And, and then he also wanted to make sure everything was consensual. Yes. Like, I just feel like he, he just showed us, softer sweeter side of Cass yeah which you don't see very often the softer side of Cass (laughs) I will say earlier I said that Elijah was my section MVP but maybe it was Cass maybe it was Cass's dick that's my (laughs) I'm switching my section MVP from Elijah to Cass's dick I picked Castile as my MVP I I did I wrote I wrote cave cat Cass as my uh, MVP I almost put that but then as I was really thinking about it I just Elijah was just so unexpected well shit so was the cave cat (laughs) i felt like i couldn't say cave cat for every single one of my answers so yeah what did you what'd you like about the cave cat all of it i mean i don't really know how else to say that i i really enjoyed this book in general it was a little too much rehashing stuff we already knew i wish that there had been more new information, but then that very last chapter, we got a lot of, it was like, we got more information overall though, than I was expecting. No, we did get a ton. Even earlier in the book when there's like the dissenters meeting and then Orion Mm -hmm. comes and we find out why Castile has to leave the room after they had sex. Like, I, I was expecting much less, but if people are, if people don't, if people don't want to read it because it's a retelling, 
you might be a little disappointed, but if you don't read it, you're going to be fucked. Yeah. yeah. No, I wanted, I wanted there to be more present chapters. Right. Yeah, when yeah, they, yeah. when right. they stopped basically calling it the Hawk retelling and started marketing it as the next blood and ash book that made me expect more right. present chapters. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was still good. I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's a four or five star read for me, you know, yeah. in general, but that last chapter just was really great. I loved it. It was my favorite part of the entire book. So, well, I also chose Cass as my MVP and I know I chose him last week too, but I mean, motherfucker turned into a cave cat. What? He is basically the main character of this book. So. I like how we both called him a motherfucking cave cat. <laughs> I did it earlier in the episode. Because that's what it is. He's not a cave cat. He is he, a motherfucking he cave cat. He is. <laughs> and so I just thought that was so intriguing that I actually did a deep dive on cat shape shifting. And there is an actual word for it. So I know Deb has... And I want to say when we did our Akatar, you did a lycanthropy or maybe it was early on in From Blood and Ash. Yeah. I mean, it was really, really early in From yeah. Blood and Ash, but it was it was very much based off of like the lore behind how it happened. And everything. Right. So, yeah. So this cat shapeshifting is called Iloranthropy, which is really hard to say. I had to like spell it out phonetically. Iloranthropy. Iloranthropy. Okay. And it's from the Greek like word. Like a lore. Like a cat. Kind of, yeah. It's com- It comes from the Greek word iluros, meaning cat, and anthropos, meaning human. And sometimes they're called, I shit you not, werecats. <laughs> Which reminds me. That of Supernatural. I know. <laughs> because werepires. Werepires. Um, Every episode we talk about Supernatural. I know, right? I'm it sorry. all goes back to if Supernatural. If you watched it, just fucking watch it, Christ. Yeah. We can just always. It's like there's a there's a gif for everything. A Supernatural one for everything. Oh, it, it all goes back there. So, depending on the folklore or story, these uh, werecats can really be any species from a domestic cat to a tiger or a leopard or even like a totally made up feline, like if you're creating your own world. And in European folklore, I'm going to have trouble saying that word, werecats fall into the general category of witches, actually. Hmm. And they typically... Like familiars almost? Kind of, but it's a little different. Uh, they, t- they do tr- typically transform into... D- to domestic cats, but some even transform into quote giant domestic cats, which they say are, are like panthers. Basically, I, I was going to say like a fat cat. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm like, what are we talking here, Garfield? Clifford, the big dog, <laughs> like, super giant. Okay, so who's writing the book that Clifford, the big red dog, is actually a witch? <laughs> People will be rolling over in their Southern Baptist yes, graves. They would. <laughs> <laughs> Emily Elizabeth and her familiar. Oh, um, oh my God, is... I'm writing it. <laughs> Coming soon. There are also some African legends that tell of were leopards, which are usually leopard deities pretending to be human. And then when they mate with a human, they grow up to be shapeshifters. Hmm. And then so the cat fucks the human? Yes. Oh. Well, or the. I don't know if they, Do they shift into a human before. I don't know. That, that okay. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to say yes. I would say, like, <laughs> Just yeah. Just for my own. Well, it also said that they can grow up to be shape shifters. They don't always. So I would assume it would be a human form. and Maybe they have to get real angry. Maybe. And, like, casted. <laughs> Maybe they sprout ears in the middle of it. And, I don't know. <laughs> like, um, something's wrong with your ears. <laughs> There's also another African folktale about the Nunda. And that is a massive cat that stalks villages at night that is more ferocious than a lion and more agile than a leopard, which is terrifying. 
So these Nunda tend to stay human during the day and then shift into a werecat at night and then like prowl and like eat people attack villages. Yeah. Mm. That's a little terrifying. I hate it when that happens. I do too. Chinese legends. Oh yeah, it's true. (laughs) Chinese legends describe where tigers, I swear they're putting where in front of every, every cat you can imagine. It's a cop out term kind of. (laughs) So these where tigers are actually victims of a hereditary curse or a vindictive ghost. And then on the those are two very different things, right? I know, <laughs> so right? You're laughing about two, yeah. like, like well, it could be, not, it could be this, and it could be that. Could yeah. be a curse, or it could just be a ghost. <laughs> Paper. No, this no. is a ghost. <laughs> this is the creepy part about it. So, on the flip side, the ghosts of people who were killed by tigers. Okay, oh. so you got killed by a tiger, and you come back as an angry spirit. They're they're called Chang, which are malevolent spirits who devote all their energy to making sure that tigers kill more humans oh my gosh <laughs> that's not nice i know no. dang you would think it would be the opposite if you were killed by a tiger i thought that too but no like you would want to try to help other people not but suffer, we know what happens again due to supernatural to that's an angry true. spirit that's yep. true they kind of lose it they kind of lose their shit so and of course because we are america our version is the were jaguar but it's really just <laughs> do you mean the were jaguar jaguar, <laughs> jaguar but it was really just priests and shamans wearing a jaguar skin and becoming a were so it's not like really like even in oh, folklore they were doing the god's work is what you're telling yeah us? like they were putting on skins and pretending they were were jaguars to like isn't that in outlander where one of when they move to uh the americas that they um run into one of the uh, native american tribes where they had banished somebody and he like skinned a bear and wore the bear yeah and he wore it and came back and they called jamie the bear killer yes oh see and it reminded me that's where they got that like that's a real yeah. legit huh. that reminded me of uh the village too oh would, yeah that's yeah. what i was thinking of yeah. when you said that what a great movie that m night so finally though there are people who believe that this isn't just folklore necessarily so number one the catholic witch hunting manual let me say that again a catholic witch hunting manual called the Malleus Maleficarum, which Can sounds like... Can you get this like, off Amazon? <laughs> well, it, it sounds also like, sounds like that other supernatural episode. I was going to say it sounds like a Harry Potter spell. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't there a, a supernatural episode called that? Probably. Maybe. I, I think know. there is. Well, in that book or manual, it says that witches can turn into cats, but they are just illusions created by demons. So, yeah. That makes me... <laughs> so are you a witch or a demon? Which one is it? Or Can't a cat. I mean, <laughs> it's too many options. It is. It's, how do they keep it all straight? I don't know. Uh, who they're hunting and who needs to get executed. Well, they don't. They're and... just killing uh, women with opinions. <laughs> <laughs> it's an illusion Ooh. from a demon. Right. A demon. She <laughs> said, oh my God. The fact that you just made a Wayne's World reference. I am so turned on by you right now. You're welcome. Oh, that's, I wish it was snowing, Whitney. My God. <laughs> You'd sink your fangs right in. <laughs> that's not even the craziest one, actually. <laughs> of course so, not. This Wait, is can I one. just ask really quick yeah. that Catholic witch hunting mm-hmm. 
I mean, is this from like 1982 or from know. like 1600? I'm gonna see if I can find it on Amazon. I'm gonna real guess. Quick. I'm gonna hope. I'm that gonna it's guess from... it's more like from the like witch hunt era. Yeah, and not yeah. like not current. Not the current, <laughs> the modern times. I mean, who knows? Oh, Maybe we're in goodness. the 850,000th edition. <laughs> Hold on, I can tell you because I pulled it up on Amazon. Oh lord, there is a paperback, Malleus Maleficarium. Yeah, written by Heinrich Kramer. Okay, and it came out in, let's see if we can get a publication date here. It came out, oh, this one was published in 2009. Oh, so. It has but, to be like a to be like late so, edition. It, just so edition. you know, it's ranked 1,413th in all books. <laughs> Nine or I'm sorry, 897th in demonology and Satanism, 3,000th in occultism, but also 3,000th in tourist destination. <laughs> <laughs> it gets 4.3 stars on wow. Amazon, you all. Okay, so I'll, I will, before we post our show notes, see if I can find an original. That would date. be hilarious. Yeah. So, like I said, that, now maybe that is the weirdest one, but there's also a new age author named John Perkins, and he declared that anyone can shapeshift into, <laughs> this is a quote, jaguars, bushes, or any other form. <laughs> okay. Like, Those are the two, two examples. Jaguars like, or bushes? Bushes like or any other form. Like bushes or like pubes? I, <laughs> well, it says or any other form. I definitely so went there. One. I definitely went there. Uh, but he says you can do that simply by using your mental power. So you can just sit there and think of yourself as a jaguar, and you will become a jaguar. That explains a lot. Okay. Yeah. Good times. So I'm going to use... I'm adding both I, of those books to my... I'm going to use all of my <laughs> mental power to be alone and reading. <laughs> <laughs> just like all the time <laughs> right? unfortunately in my house it's hard to do that can i use my mental power to become the book that jla has not written yet in the series because i'm kind of into that yeah me too. maybe she has well i guess she probably hasn't she's probably working on it maybe even not she's got too many projects she does i don't, know how she keeps I, don't I do not know how she keeps it straight people turning into where whatever makes me think of um a part of tiktok that i like stumbled upon this week that i was like what did i do to get here but apparently there's a whole side of tiktok of people who some of them are cosplaying and it's like for fun and some of them are like legitimately believing that they are actual vampires do you guys oh, know that's this? like a whole thing you know um when ann rice was alive she had a vampire ball every year pre-covid and she would say that people would come that thought they were like legit vampires and she would say like I personally have only written about fictional vampires. I don't know. If, and like, she's pretty much like, calm the fuck down. Yeah. Yeah. But we've talked about that Renfield syndrome. There's, yeah, well, true. yeah, that's true. There's a lady on there. I won't say her handle, but there's a lady on there who's like, I am a hybrid part woman, part vampire. And I was, what on, makes you part vampire? Well, that's a great question. So like she's, she's I feel like it's an all or nothing type of it's, thing. It's, it's real weird. She, it's a lot. She has it's Renfield syndrome and it's the part, the part hole. that she's not vampire is the immortality. I'm yeah. assuming she's the thing. She you, bought a mask off of Amazon that you can like, look it up. It's in like a vampire costume masquerade thing. And she put this mask on and was like, I got this from the elders of whatever. And this means mm. that I am accepted as an elder and then it, it, it is so call me bizarre. jaded, but like it's to bizarre. me, and again, 
I'm not like you do you you do whatever you want to do if you want to go on TikTok and say you're a vampire and maybe maybe she actually is but to <laughs> me if you're gonna do that it's it's about attention well, 100 yes. yeah yes. I mean like yes so speaking, I just can't speaking even of attention I did find the first edition of <laughs> Malleus <laughs> Maleficarum um, so it was first written in 1486. Well, so the 2009 about. edition is just, you know, reprint. like the 80, but it was of- still being reprinted <laughs> right. in yeah. 2009. Exactly. That's crazy. kind of insane right. to me. And it's, you know, 800th in occultism and Satanism. Well, that's what I was going to say. I guess occultists are, mm-hmm. I mean, it's sort of like they're like a textbook study yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah maybe. That's true. We'll go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I'm cool. going to buy one. Hmm. So when I come into the podcast, and I've changed into a, uh, what is it that they change into? A bush. I'm just going to be a cat. A bush. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the new age guy. No, no. Oh, sorry. I'm going to be a witch. For that the turns record, into a cat. we're not making fun of anyone's beliefs, but no. I don't believe you can change into a bush. <laughs> right? Yeah. No. I'm just going to say that. Our I'm brains wrong. are powerful, but I don't think yeah. they're yeah. that powerful. Um, but call me a skeptic, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so. Thank you for all of that, Mindy. Yeah, I'm going to be thinking that. about so mare, It was a very fun mare cats and um, I like how I'm like. That. Can Castile be my house cat? And you're like, well, let me lay down this shit. <laughs> and I then still like, want cats. I'm going to talk about sex. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about favorite secondary characters. Um, who was your all's favorite? So mine was again email Mm. i just really loved him in this book so not only does he write a letter to Cass in code to warn him about alistair but he also ends up being the comedic relief at the end of the book when castile is in his cat form i really enjoyed that a lot i absolutely love that castile keeps calling him the meat yeah in the revenant and cat and cave cat scene it was just so intense but the use of that animalistic instinct yeah. in jla's writing mm-hmm. ended up showing us castile's fiercely protective smart ass character even in creature form yeah so I, really liked that. I just i loved how emil continued to push the plot forward he continues to serve his prince but then also almost gets fucking eaten and <laughs> right. it's so funny I really enjoyed that too. And I also liked, cause we still have this lingering question of like, is Poppy going to remember who she is yeah. and whatever. And you know, it's obvious that in that, in those moments, Castile did not know who he was, did not know yeah. who Karen was, did not eat. Right? right. However, the power of their joining was something that he recognized. And he knew that they were, they were okay. Right. To that, goes so, in, yeah. that goes into one of my favorite quotes, which I'll talk about. Well, I feel like that's going to be the same for Poppy, right? Like even if she wakes up and doesn't remember all of them, the pa- the power, She's gonna know there's con- something there. Yeah, like she's gonna know these people. These two, they're mine. They are. They are me. Right. Yeah. Well, thank they're goodness it was Kieran you know? that came in though, because Kieran yeah. knew what it was like to shift the first time, right? And yeah. knew how to bring Cass back to who he was. Yeah. But I also love that they had they can speak telepathically mm-hmm. whenever cat is or cat whenever Cass is was, in cave cat form. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they can figure out how to do that, not in cave cat. Form. yeah that would be cool because that would be fun for the three again of them to i want to point out that if if the show on hulu gets made and if we get this <laughs> far in the show please don't make it like twilight <laughs> yes. for the love of god i just rewatched breaking dawn part one okay i watched ago. i watched part one and part two on vacation a few weeks ago with my daughter <laughs> when it's, she was sick i mean except for the weird demon baby 
It's not horrible. <laughs> and the wolves I mean, talking. Well, the wolves talking. I mean, yeah. she was essentially kind of like a changeling type of thing. <laughs> she was so a demon she baby. Is a demon baby. <laughs> yeah. They even call her a demon at one point. That's so true. who was yours, man? My favorite secondary character was Elijah. I know he was your MVP, but I just Elijah. love <laughs> I love how he messes with Delano, calls him a marshmallow, and is like he's also like a total lush. He, he was like does today end in why whenever somebody asked him if he wanted to refill on his drink and i'm like oh that i, I can relate reminds me of my good friend deborah <laughs> no I was, gonna say, I was like i can relate <laughs> and then when he when he says and you brought this up in your uh, recap damn my little marshmallow is getting kind of crispy he's just so funny he was he was really he good really comic relief i loved him i like him a lot did you have a secondary favorite character of course i did who was it Delano. <laughs> well, of course it was. It was Delano. I just, I loved him. I just loved him. And I liked the banter with Elijah and Castile. And I liked, I feel like this book showed Delano in a new, like a new facet of his personality that we haven't really gotten to see. I feel like in the Poppy POV books, Delano is kind of more like strong, silent, like I'm here, but he's, he doesn't show a ton of personality. He's very like steady and strong and loyal, but mm-hmm. doesn't really show a ton of like the funny side of him. Like we got to see in this book. And I really appreciated that. And I really liked the acknowledgement in this section of Poppy saved me and she did not have to. And like, I yeah. owe her forever now. I feel like he basically was like, I'm just going to be her bonded woven now because I owe her yeah. like a life debt. I, that's kind of how I took it. And I was like, vindication. That's how I took it too. Vindication. I, do, I did question a little bit that he was, and maybe he wasn't and cast did have to like make him go. But I questioned that he was willing to leave Poppy and go wherever they were, wherever he sent them. He sent him with in the present or yeah in the present one. It's when it's right before the, the revenant, revenant comes, up. and he says he sent. I guess was it Karen he sent off too. He said Karen went to get something or and then he sent Delano with them. To, he sent Delano to go see he, Perry, which I get too, yeah. and probably he was excited to see. Him. I don't know. I just that one. I was like, ooh, I don't know that. It, I believe that Delano would have done that so willingly. That's a really good point. I agree you with know. that. But he did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, and somebody was supposed to be out in the hallway, too. It was Emil, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he came in with... Um, Which was Karen. another thing that he was... He said something about... some. I just feel like he would have heard all that. I know. I do, too. But that goes... But I thought about that, too. And I thought... Because he was like, you know, these walls are so thick. They won't hear anything. And I'm yeah. like, I mean, okay. But it goes back to what we talked a lot about before with the... Tierman Castle, like why didn't Castile hear yeah, what what true. had started happening in the Duke's office? Yeah. You know, so I mean, I guess she's established <laughs> that their hearing's not that great. You know, but <laughs> well, let's go into our favorite quote. What I were... have two. Okay, so my first one is when Cass is speaking to Poppy in present time and admits to when he fell in love with her. So it reads. I've never pretended when it came to my want of you from the first time in the red pearl to this moment, what I felt was real. It was always real because I, I'd fallen in love with you long before I realized it. I was on the edge before we even left Macedonia and it be- and I began, began falling when we arrived in New Haven. By the time we made it to Spess's end, I knew I was in love with you. So like legit, this quote made me cry when I, I read it. It's really and sweet. 
it was because we know how hard it was for both of them to hide their feelings. And we know how hard it was for Hawk is he tried to figure out a way to save Poppy, but mm-hmm. still save Malik. Right He's now. going through in this whole retelling, this internal dialogue of like, how can I get out of doing this to her? Because I have to save my brother. Yeah. Right. But then even in this book, Malik and Castile get into it, which we've actually not talked about at all. Yeah. But it's because it's so inconsequential to almost everything else that happens in this book. But Malik is pretty much telling him, like, I'll do anything for Millicent. Won't Mm -hmm. you do anything for Poppy? And the answer is yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. He would have picked Poppy ultimately over Malik a million times over, right? And he still will. Right. Yeah. So my second quote also deals with Castile and it's, he smelled of us mine. And this is the quote that um, it's when Kieran entered the room when cat was in his cat form. So if you didn't like the joining and the war of two Queens, and you definitely aren't really going to like what I'm about to say, <laughs> all the books <laughs> leading up to the war of two Queens were building toward, towards. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So if you didn't see it coming, no pun intended, <laughs> you were really just fucking blind. My only complaint about the joining is that there weren't enough details, but at least we didn't get some sort of like so Lorcan did bullshit oh, like oh, Sarah yeah. J. Mass pulled in the Kingdom of Ash. But I love the idea that Kieran is also Castile's as mm-hmm. much as Poppy yeah. is Castile's. And I really, quite frankly, hope we get some mail on mail action before the series <laughs> is over because it is so fucking hot. But. I really, I like the love that they have for each other. It makes it really, really yeah. special. Yeah. So both of those quotes. I think this book in particular is really setting up for a more detailed scene between oh, yeah. the three of them, yeah. I think. I mean, I hope so. I hope that JLA doesn't not write it because of how shitty people were right. about yeah. the joining. But you know what? Complainers are always louder than the people that loved it. Well, and here's so. the thing. And if they complain about it, then maybe they won't read the next one in good riddance. Yeah. I mean, you know? that's true. Like she, she needs to They'll write. Still read it because if not, what the she, fuck are they going to complain about? She needs to stay hmm. true to her characters, yeah. and and I think she will. Well, and this book has the discussion of Castile talking about like all the different partners he's had, male right. and female, right? And it's got the scene where he comes in and watches Kieran have right. sex with another lady. So clearly. That's probably not the first time right. he's done that, right. right? And then Jericho makes that douchey comment, like, if you're getting your dick wet, Kieran is too, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, they've been, they've slept with the same right. woman before, right? Like, yeah, but um, I want them to hook up. Well, I, but that's what I like. It's, yeah, it's, I'm not so sure it hasn't already happened. I think it's, I think she's setting the stage in this book for a more detailed yeah. scene. Yes, please. In the next book. That's <laughs> my opinion. JLA. Please send me a copy. I will proofread it for you. (laughs) (laughs) But I might need five to ten minutes after I read it before I get back to you. (laughs) Did you have a favorite quote, Wit? I did. It was one you mentioned earlier, actually, in the romantic sweet sex scene, not the angry sex one. Um, the one you did a deep dive about? Yeah, I don't think you disliked exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. That was her way of saying that she liked both. <laughs> I did I did like both. Poppy had to be a goddess because, my gods, she was absolutely breathtaking. And I just think that's oh, really sweet. Like, she's so self-conscious about her scars and what she looks like and the fact that people don't normally see her and she's not used to people seeing her face, much less her right. body. And the way that he just 
loves her and thinks that she is so pretty. It made me think I saw this TikTok the other day of this girl and she was like, the media and my childhood did not prepare me for the idea that one day I would meet a guy who like, didn't want me to be skinny. (laughs) Like he just want, he just like likes the way that I look just me. And I was like, dang, if that's not true. Right. right? And I feel like that's kind of, I can't wait till you see Barbie. Right. Uh, I would love to. My sister called me two nights ago. She was like, I just saw Barbie and I think you would love it. I know. And I, I was like, like you- stop telling me about Barbie. <laughs> I feel like you feel like we all ditched you, which we, know, didn't we do. did not do. No. So I will go see it with you I will as too. soon as Annabelle's back in school. I was going to say, the problem yeah. is I don't know when I'm going to be able to go see yeah. it for at least a week and a half. Well, so. well okay. when you want to go see it, call us. Unless Mindy's working. I, I mean, if I'm working, I won't. going to be during the day. <laughs> so. I'll go with you. <laughs> I can go. With, well, yeah, while they're at school, that makes sense. Right. Yeah, I will be also at school. (laughs) So I had a couple also that I loved, and two of them are really short, and one of them is a little longer. Um, The two short ones are just funny. I just thought they they just made me laugh. So I almost pointed this out when you were talking about Emil. When he says, when he walks in and he's asking, like, what went on here? And he says, okay, the soon-to-be-dead one drawled. I'm going to say it one more time. What in the actual fuckity fuck? <laughs> I love that too. I like that. I thought that that made me laugh so hard. And then the other one was Cass after he totally debauched Poppy in the, the first time they had sex. He said, I'm afraid I may have left an inappropriate show of my affections behind. <laughs> I know. I like that. It's like, what a tactful way but to say But then he gave her the towel and we liked that. Yes. But then the like other that. one for me was just so heartbreaking and it's when Castile says and the anguish I felt had nothing to do with the pain of the still healing wound it was for her me this situation us and the madness I was teetering on the verge of the kind that erased all that mattered and left no winners Mm -hmm. like I feel like that's the lowest of low points that he hit Mm -hmm. you know he's like he'd been trying to think all this stuff and then she stabs him and then he's like there's no way to win this. We're all losers here. Yeah. Yeah. It is just sad. It's a sad moment. But then he runs out and has, and then they anger bang. Yeah. So then that released some tension for him. Yes. That's right. As we we know now. (laughs) Right. So I have a few more questions that I need resolved. I have a lot. As the series. I do too. (laughs) So I want to know when we get to meet Jadis and what her role is going to be in the books. And I really want to know, if Poppy is going to get to actually meet Serafina mm. because she got to meet Niktos, right? But everyone's waking up. Right. So is Serafina going to come back to, I guess the real world, I would call it the human can. world. Yeah. yeah. She can. I hadn't thought about and that. And is she yeah. going to beat some ass with Poppy? That's uh, really what I want to know. Oh, that's going to be amazing. Colas has already fucked with her once. So yeah. I don't really see her sitting on the sidelines. No, for this. I think that that would be shocking to me if that right. doesn't happen. So I'm, yeah. I'm pretty excited about that. And we get, her and Nictos's third book before the end of October, I think. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. And then, so that's going to be our reading party for November too. our (laughs) our hotel reading party. Yay. What were your questions? What you said? Um, Those uh, like where, when are we going to see Jadis and when are we going to actually meet her? Right. As a kind of fully formed adult and not just a little kid. And when are we, going to see more of Eries and Mal- mm-hmm. Malek. And my big question besides what 
the F is going on with the truth about Shay is the connection between the revenants and Colas. Cause that rev that comes in their room is singing that gross rhyme mm-hmm. that Poppy's been hearing in her Pick head for years. Yes. Yeah. That we know in the war of two Queens, she hears Colas's voice saying it to her in her head. Yeah. So it's like, what is this connection between Colas and these revenants that some of them are still very loyal to him, that they know this and they weird... know about this song. Yes, that was like, one of my questions. It's too. weird. It's creepy. I don't like it. So I'm curious to see also not just what that connection is, but also how Millie fits in because she is a revenant, but she wasn't supposed to be a revenant. Right. So like, right. what is her connection to Colas, if any? Because she seems to know more than other people do. Well, but... and she seems to not. She's not on his side. No, she's not on Isbeth's side. Like, yeah. It's all just kind of very. I mean, she's out there well, killing and the I'm other revenant. I'm curious about how she and Malik are going to end up too because i don't necessarily feel like they should end up together but i know they're heartmates but she doesn't know See, but i don't just, know it just it's a really weird situation yeah we just don't have enough information about i just don't know how of all of that's going to get wrapped up i really yeah. don't it's a lot it's a lot there are a lot of holes that but i mean if you think about how much new information we got in a retelling book, i know i mean i, I guess it, it is a lot it, but aren't isn't she gonna write a book for millicent and malik Oh, I don't and know. did I make that up? I haven't. I hadn't heard about I, it. I haven't seen anything about that, like on Goodreads or anything. Yeah. There's nothing like in the queue and everything mm. else is. That would 100% be a smart marketing move, though. Yeah, I'll have to look. Yeah. I don't know why I think that. Maybe I just want that. <laughs> so I just made it real. <laughs> I'm going to make myself a bush and I'm going to make that book a reality. Pubes yes. or plant? A plant. <laughs> definitely, definitely a plant <laughs> for me. Oh, what about you, Mindy? So, yeah, you all brought up some really, really good questions. I had a couple just kind of offhand weird ones. Like, first of all, how come no one else went after Poppy when she ran? Like, Cass comes out and Elijah goes, he just stood there and he said, she just went into the woods. Like, why didn't he go after well, Cass her? Told no one told them that no one is to touch her. I mean, but well, yeah, that's true. true, I guess. But like, he's going to let her just run away. Like, I don't know. That well, seems Elijah's kinda... immortal too, isn't he? A, yes. a mortal. Yes. So, I mean, he wouldn't catch her. He could, he's not going to be as good at it as Castile. You and know what I mean? Snowing. I mean, nobody's good at it as Castile. But isn't no. it snowing horribly at this point too? Yeah, I guess. I just felt like that was a little bit like, like it could have just yeah. been nobody was there. Like, why did she throw that in there? And he's just going to stand there. I don't know. And it doesn't matter because he ends up dying anyways. But um, <laughs> harsh. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, it's not soon. It's not going to be like something that comes back well, up. Well, yeah. R.I.P. Um, R. The R. other <laughs> weird offhand thing that I caught is somebody says something about the first maiden, and Cass says there was no first maiden, and we've had this discussion over and over again. Like, who's the first maiden? What is that? And he's. He says there was no first maiden. So does he just not know about it? Or does that they make that all up for Poppy? Like, what's going on there? I think I'm hoping in the in the next Flesh and Fire book that we kind of get, get a little bit of that. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was a weird one. But the big one for me was when the Revenant comes in, he calls Cass a fucking idiot false primal. So like, what do they think he is? A well, that's false a good primal. Point. Well, maybe they're saying that because he's joined with Poppy. That's well, what I think. And then I'm like, well, it, this is probably like way up. This is like an unhinged theory. Is he descended from Niktos? He turned into the cat. Ooh, I hope not. 
Because that means he's related to Poppy. I know. It would be really weird. But, like, maybe that's just his connection with Poppy. But, like, it just was really weird. Like, why are they calling him a him a false primal is it his connection to poppy or because he's like they're calling him because poppy's the primal like he's the false sidekick i don't know like you know no i don't know i know what i think okay um i think that it could be related to the fact that he's directly descended from a primal himself Okay. Um, yeah. Because we think that he's related to Addie's from the prequel right. series, which is what I always have. But thought. I think it's probably more just that he is joined with a primal. Because at the beginning of the book, Nectus says something about them being joined with a primal, and Kieran and Castile are like, "What?" And he's like, "You should probably be questioning that." Like that's forgotten about that part for me. Like he yeah. says something about it and points it out, and I think that because they are joined to her. She is able to share her like ether with them. So like, that's why he turned into a cave cat is because so of her. How does power, this, you know, Revenant know that though? Because Colas knows stuff. And for whatever reason, he's somehow telling them this, which is how he, it's this so Revenant weird. would know about that weird, yeah. like poppy poem. It just or whatever. seems very weird. It is weird. But I think that's because see one of the things that I wasn't super sure about is when Castile shifts, it was like, did he, cause I know it says that he, it felt like it awakened some kind of magic in him, yeah. which I'm like, I wonder if that's from what, who he's descended from, like from Addie's or whatever, but how much of it was Poppy like subconsciously or unconsciously pushing power to him from her. Right. You know what I mean? Like their connection from the joining. Well, even if she's in stasis, if they're joined, she could feel that he was injured. Right. right. So maybe she sent more down the bond. Right. Well, and if she's able to do that, then that could make him a false primal if he's able to not be a primal, but then have the powers of a primal. You know what I mean? Yeah. That'd be I don't nice. know, though. I do feel like because she said that, I'd, I had written that down a little bit later, too, that um, when Cass says he feels something deeper, she's she's leaving that open for something. Something's yeah. there. Something else is well, there. Well, just like how she spent the first four books with Poppy saying Castile looked like one of those cave cats. He was, right. you know, powerful like a cave cat. Yeah. He was sexy like a cave cat. Like, everything is comparing him to cave cats. It's not a shocker. It's kind of weird that she kept talking about how sexy cave cats were because she's only ever seen one and it was her dad. <laughs> daddy issues yeah she definitely has those she didn't watch her dad get slaughtered daddy issues i did have a couple of little tidbits first of all deb was right i want to point out when what (laughs) about the bones you always had said you thought the bones in the cell that they were keeping her in when they described the bones you always thought that they were bones of the old gods and they said that they were i'm so brilliant you are I was I so excited. It. I like got so excited. I was like, Dip was right. I'll be honest. I thought that they flat out said it. Did they not? That in, wasn't like a thing. Not in Poppy's point of view. Oh, all yeah. right. I guess I am smart. <laughs> <laughs> but then just in general, I want to point out how much they all hate Jericho. I know. <laughs> like and, all everybody of them. Hates like, Jericho. Cass, I can't believe he lived as long as he did. I know. Cass wants to laugh when Poppy, this is what I was talking about earlier. When Poppy wants to cut him, but he can't laugh because he knows everyone will attack her. But like Jericho's, the idiot friend that everyone keeps around because they don't know what else to do with him. Like, Pretty much. And so they're, they're all hoping somebody will kill him, but they don't want to be the one to do it. Right. Except well, he was willing to push. <laughs> yeah, the work. He was willing to push the work forward. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think and he was willing to do that. dirty work too, that I think probably people didn't weren't necessarily willing to do. Right. 
and work yeah. that he was not supposed to be doing. Exactly. Right. Stupid Jericho. <laughs> but oh, oh well, R.I.P. <laughs> Should we talk about what we liked most about the book overall? Absolutely. I have to say for me, it was learning more about the secondary characters. Mm, We've spent a lot of time talking about them in this, in the last three episodes. And for me, it was mainly Emil and Elijah. So their service to Castile as their prince, as well as their banter. It just made the story really special for me to bring them in and to learn more about these kind of sassy sidekicks (laughs) that we didn't know very much a lot about. Sassy sidekicks. What did you enjoy with the last chapter? I keep wanting to say chapter 12, yeah. but it's present, present 12. 12. Um, yeah, the last chapter was my favorite. It was very action-packed. It was very classic, you know, end of a JLA book of like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> like everything kind of goes off the rails. Yeah. She's really, really good at it. cliffhangers, but not cliffhangers where you're like, well, why the fuck did you just do that? Yeah. The, and yeah. not ones that make you mad. Right. They're never cliffhangers where you're like, okay, so you're just trying to like sell your next book. Right. It never right. feels that way. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm, that's a mean thing to say about authors. And I, I don't want to lend any offense, but, and there's nothing wrong with having a cliffhanger. I actually particularly enjoy them. But if your cliffhanger is just a cliffhanger for no reason, it can be right. quite yeah. irritating. Yeah. Hers are always, I cannot wait to read the next Yes the right. next part and what's going to happen right yeah, yeah. i just i really love but it it's never lot. like cut it off in the middle of the like big action mm-hmm. like you get the yeah climax of the of it all and and then there's <laughs> some, then there's like sometimes. one other like lingering thing and you're like oh shit yeah like you know? some other authors may have ended the book when the revenant like threw the bone dagger at poppy right right and right. yeah like, cut, fade to black or whatever right. and you're like well what happened to poppy right yeah right yeah. that's that's just cliffhanging to cliffhang yeah. right is that the correct term to cliffhang sure. yes sure. to cliffhang verb <laughs> um mindy well, what yeah, about what you? yours i honestly just generally liked getting answers to to some questions that I had, like some of the closed door scenes where like Cass killed the Duke and those kinds of things. But it also made me a little more sympathetic to Cass during those chapters that we discussed when we were doing from blood and ash, where we were like, yeah, I don't really like Cass very much. Like, why is he such a dick? Like what is going on here? But when you see the anguish that he was going through and just everything he was grappling with, that's like morally gray at its finest, Mm -hmm. you know, where it, Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say where it just, we even still like, we didn't want to dislike him. And so right. we knew there was a reason. And then we, we get it in these chapters. It reminds me of silver flames, which is not a great, a court of silver flames, which is not a great example because Castile is so like universally loved by the fandom and Nesta is very mm-hmm. not. But I, it reminds me of that in that it's like, I don't necessarily like what you did but i at least understand why you did it yes. right i have a deeper yes. understanding even if i still disagree with the choices that you made yes. as a character which i really appreciate yeah. so i have a few things i'd like to say to jla before we <laughs> well, wrap up you know this she's book. listening so. i know i know <laughs> so number one please do not let email go bad on us mm. i've really fallen in love with him in this book and i continue to be worried I know that I know you disagree with same for Delano. Right. Same for Delano. Like we the more we've talked about this book in particular, the more you you make me think, Whitney, that Nail is up to something. Neil, Nail, whatever you would like to call him. And then number two to JLA, just RIP to Elijah. I can tell that she really loved him as a character. And then number three, thanks for writing one of my favorite book series of all time. Yeah. This and The Witching Hour by Anne Rice. (laughs) Good job, ladies. (laughs) Mindy, do you have anything you'd want to say? I wrote, thank you. (laughs) Because 
like we got a lot answered but also in the space of that one last chapter she opened up like eight cans of worms which i love actually so that's why i was like thank you question mark like it's like ah but yay (laughs) (laughs) we kind of want to have angry sex with you yes (laughs) right yeah Yeah, i just would say like well done you know we got snarky cast back after kind of missing him a little bit in war of two queens we've got what I feel like a lot of scenes that were, f- quote, fan service that people really wanted to read from his POV, but they were very yeah. well done. They it weren't wasn't, just c- gratuitous. Yes, it so wasn't I was fan service today, for fan service's sake. You yeah. know? This is no offense to Stephanie Meyer, but, you know, we got Edward's point of view in Midnight Sun, and it was literally verbatim the same information we had already read. I actually DNF'd that book. Mm. I oh, hate really? to say that out loud. But that's what I loved about this book is you got his point of view with brand new information. It is a lot of new information. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's a lot. Sorry about Midnight Sun. (laughs) Not my favorite. This is the skin of a killer, Bella. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking through all kinds of quotes now. All these glittery earrings going around with Edward Cullen's face, like glitter acrylic (laughs) in his face. I love them. They're actually kind of cute. They are really cute. But yeah. Anything else about this book, A Soul of Ash and Blood? I really enjoyed it. I can't wait for the next one. Yeah, Yeah. me too. I'm excited. It's going to be a while. I don't know. There's not even a release date for the next book because we have the Flesh and Fire book. We've got Miss Willa's book. Mm -hmm. And then then her new. And the Compendium compendium that's miss willis that's miss willis oh that's miss willis and, and then, then oh and um, then um the yeah the i forget what it's called i'll link it in the show notes but it comes out like on september 12th or something so actually not that far away yeah it is yeah. in about a month yeah that's true so i did pre-order it Maybe, i haven't yet yeah i keep wanting to call it rage and room but that's from another one of her series storm and fury is that a no that's series that's too? that's the first book in that rage and ruin series ruin and <laughs> wrath ruin and wrath is the new one We'll, we'll link it. Yeah. <laughs> I left my phone in the other room, so I right. can't do my quick yeah. Googling. I don't know. But You're Googling. Googling. Well, what about our nerdiest thing of the week? Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. <laughs> what was yours, Mindy? Well, I kind of had a shitty week, you guys. So I honestly could not think of a single like thing this week that happened that was like nerdy and fun. So I'm going to pull out of the vault <laughs> and give you Mindy's nerdiest thing from the 1980s. Ooh. So... In the late 80s, maybe early 90s, there was this TV show called Dance Party USA. Yeah, there was. And it was on the USA (laughs) Network. So it was like cable, right? And I don't know. I don't know what it was about that show. It was just really fun. And they had like regulars on there, right? Kind of like Hairspray or, um, you know, Dick Clark, whatever, Bandstand. So they had these regulars on there that then they would do like spotlight dances and all this stuff. So there was this girl named Aubrey on there and she was like so punk rock and cool. And I just loved her and I wanted to be her so bad that for two weeks I tried really, really hard to get everyone to call me Aubrey. (laughs) I was going to change my name and I even made like a little ID card and everything. And I still have the ID card. Oh, oh my wow. gosh. Is it made out of paper? That. It is made out of construction paper. And it's got like triangles and confetti and like very 80s things that I've drawn with bubble letters. Nice. That's fantastic. I love it. I'll have to take a picture of it and we can post that. That's pretty <laughs> Mine? I've got so much in the vault, you guys. If I ever not don't have another a nerdiest thing of the week, I've got plenty 
of material. Minority Sing of the Week actually has to deal with Jennifer L. Armentrout. Oh. So we were we were going out for a friend's birthday on Friday night, and they were running a little bit late, and we were across the street from a Half Price Books. We only had 10 minutes. I did not have any problems finding four books to buy, but three <laughs> of them were the first three books in Jennifer Armentrout's Lux series, which I've never read, but oh. kind of like the kind of made her a fandom author. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about reading those because the male character is supposed to be super yummy. Like Cass is. I hear about that a lot. I'm interested to I've see a lot of good what things. you think. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to read those someday. Just so you know, you said I had 10 minutes in half price books and it, I thought immediately thought of supermarket sweep. The clearance section. I look through it. I run to the YA clearance section look through that. And then I go to the YA section, then I go to the adult paranormal <laughs> fantasy section. That is my supernatural, my super, my supernatural sweep. <laughs> Whitney, how are you a nerd this week? Well, everyone will be happy to hear that I finally started reading Yay! Fourth Wing. God, it's about fucking time. I know. My daughter's listening to it right now. She'll come in the room and she'll be like, "Do you want to listen to Fourth Wing?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I do." <laughs> I was talking to a girl at bar at the bar studio. And she was like, I just started reading this book called Fourth Wing. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> You're like, it's even made people it that don't masses. read or read Right, it. right. Well, she actually, we talked for a while. And I was like, you should listen to my podcast. She's really sweet. And then the other nerdy thing, I'm going to be very vague about it because it was actually part of a research project for a university here in the States about multi-level marketing so they want everything to be very anonymous so i don't want to say like what university it it is or anything like that but i randomly like got connected with this professor who's doing a research project on multi-level marketing and since i was a part of (laughs) multi-level marketing for a really long time i did like an hour and a half interview oh that's Um, cool she was like this was only supposed to be 30 minutes I was like, I have a lot of things to talk about. So I have a fake name for if she uses any of my oh, wow. uh, information and stuff. Is it Aubrey? <laughs> it isn't. That's funny. I'm hoping it's like Celeste. <laughs> no. Crystal. I picked a book, a bookish character name. Nesta. So. Is it Poppy? <laughs> no. It's Nesta, you liar. No. <laughs> I'm going to know it's you. I, I, yeah, everybody would be like, well, that's definitely Whitney Weaver. It's Feyre. Um, but anyway, it was really cool. It was cool to be a part of a research project. And I told her at the end, I was like, this was very much like a therapy session. So thank you <laughs> for, for letting me talk as long as I did. So I love it. was cool. It. What are we reading next? Our next book is A Realm of Ash and Shadow by Lara Buckheit. We're going to start that in two weeks. Next week, we're going to have a fun author interview for everybody to listen to Ooh, and if you haven't listened to our interview with lara it's hysterical so go do that and prep for yeah we actually have like a a extra post to of some video time with her as well Mm -hmm. she's She's super fun yeah she was really fun to talk to and she will a couple of we're doing three episodes for her book and she's actually going to be on the final episode Mm -hmm. with us to talk about her book i can't wait she's really fantastic and very boss body i was going to say bossy (laughs) body and sex positive yes i enjoy she fits right in yeah (laughs) Yeah, fits in with us very well 100 thanks everybody Bye. Bye. bye